0: The church we see is a family, a community of people from all cultures and generations, a place anyone can call home. The church we see is a reflection of Jesus, demonstrated in the way we live and the way we love. The church we see is the hope of the world, where lives are restored, healed, transformed. The church we see is an army of ordinary people, yet we are kingdom ambassadors, seeing heaven invade earth. This is the church we see. 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 Thank you so much. Come on, let's welcome Kingsgate Leicester and Kingsgate Online as well who are joining us. Great to be continuing this series, The Church We See, today looking at how we are the temple of God. Now, recently I realised that it has now been 10 years since I first walked through the doors of Kingsgate Community Church as a student in Cambridge. Uh, yeah, 10 years. I mean, wow. I should get a badge or something maybe for that, shouldn't I? Um, and it also explains why I'm feeling a bit old now. 10 years since I was a student, man. Okay, but anyway, uh, I remember at the time, actually, um, getting really uh, intentional about being involved in a local church family. See, whilst I hadn't kind of drifted at all or was walking away from God, um, I hadn't for some time really connected with the local church. And so upon arriving in the city, I was really intentional about joining a church. And I saw that my accommodation uh, when I arrived was just across the road from a church. And I thought, well, you know, being a student, um, we need our sleep. And um, it's scientifically proven, I think, that for the brain power and all that. So uh, I I thought on a Sunday morning, I could just roll out of bed and just go to this church across the road. Perfect. Uh, God's answered my prayer already. Um, But I thought I'd Google it and see, um, you know, check out a bit more about it and see what it's like. Um, And I stumbled across Kingsgate's um, website um, as a result. And I um, saw the smiling, kind of friendly people and uh, thought, well, they don't look like a bad bunch. Um, I might try uh, this church out. Uh, I thought, well, maybe it could be around the corner somewhere, or maybe it's nearby. But actually, God, I think, had a bit of a sense of humor because it was on the other side of the city. Uh, So, yeah, I had to get on my bike and, uh, and go to Kingsgate. But I'm sure I can speak on behalf of many when I say that when I first walked through the doors of Kingsgate, I really did feel like I'd come home. And and I'm sure, yeah, many of you can feel the same. And I got connected. I felt welcomed into the family. And I remember, even on that first Sunday, just having this overwhelming sense of the presence of God. And the more I got connected into the church, uh, the more I got involved in the life of the church, the more I grew in my understanding of God, the more I encountered his presence and his power at work in my life. And that decision has now been, I can say looking back, a a decade-defining decision. It's positively shaped, and I'm quite emotional about it, because through the last 10 years, through the ups and downs, they've been the best 10 years of my life. And it's because I've been part of this family of believers where I've encountered God's power and his presence like never before. And I really sense that today... As I was driving in, that for some of you watching, uh, for some of you here today, today I believe is going to be a decade defining day for you. I'm not going to overstate this. It's a decade defining day. As you make a decision to connect with a local church family and experience God's power and presence at work in your life in greater measure, the next 10 years will be the best 10 years and beyond. Amen? Because the church we see is the temple of God. It's why God loves to come and dwell with his people. And where we come together and meet God in a very unique way. It's why Paul, when he's writing to the church in Ephesus, he says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. And also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. You know, Paul is revealing some incredible truth here. Firstly, who we are as the church, and then how we can live as a result. And that's what I want to unpack today. Firstly, the fact that the church we see is the temple of God. In other words, we are the house of God. You see, as we read the Bible, you know, such as God's love for humanity, He's always wanted to dwell with His people. We see right back in the Garden of Eden, God dwelling with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, and we see then throughout the Old Testament, He instructs Moses to build a tabernacle. Uh, Like a tent like structure, so that God can come and dwell with his people as they navigate their way through the wilderness. He then, hundreds of years later, commands King Solomon to build a physical permanent structure um, in Jerusalem, a temple. And we read these amazing passages of God's glory filling the tabernacle, filling the temple. And you read it and you think, wow, this is amazing. But of course, all of this is fulfilled in the New Testament, when God comes to us in the person of his son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. And in the Gospel of John, it puts it this way, the word, that is Jesus, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The word for dwelt there is a the Greek equivalent for the, the word used for tabernacle. So you, say, you could say that Jesus came and tabernacled amongst us. God, literally with us, and through his life and through his death on the cross, And through his ascension, his resurrection and ascension, and pouring out his spirit upon us, we can now encounter God, be filled with his presence in our lives and amongst us as we gather together. It's why New Testament writers like Paul, when they write about the temple, they're no longer talking about a physical temple, a physical structure, a building. They're talking about people. You know, when Paul uh, writes to the church in Corinth, he says this. He says, Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He's saying that through Jesus, God has constructed a very different kind of temple in the community of people who gather together in his name. Interestingly, when he says, You are the temple, that's plural there. So if Paul were Northern Irish, he would be saying, Use. Yous are the temple of God. That's my Northern Irish accent, by the way. Um, Yous are the temple. Amen. We've got someone in the house from Northern Ireland. (laughs) Um, Or if he was American, maybe there's some Americans watching here or from Southern America, uh, he would be saying, y'all, y'all are the temple of God. (laughs) He'd be saying something like that. (laughs) Trying out my accents here today. Um, And so he's saying, you, you together are the temple of God. Yes, of course, when we invite Jesus into our lives, he comes into our lives individually. God is omnipresent, he's present everywhere. But Paul is saying there's something special when we come together and we gather together in the name of Jesus. He says, you are the temple, you are the, the Greek word is naos there. It means the inner place of the temple. And in doing so, Paul is pointing back to the Old Testament, tabernacle and temple. You see the construction of those places, they had an inner place. the, The holy of holies where literally the manifest presence of God would dwell. Paul Paul is now saying, shockingly, you, you are the most holy place. You are the temple of God. So the question is, how many of us want to experience the manifest presence of God in our lives, in our church gatherings as we come together? You know, maybe you're here and you've never actually encountered God's presence in your life. It might be the first time you're watching or you're here today. Or maybe, you know, it's been a while since you've encountered God's presence in a tangible way. Or maybe you're here and you're just hungry for more. (laughs) You're hungry for more of God's manifest presence in your life. Well, let's believe that, you know, as we gather together, we will. Because that's been the hallmark of the last 10 years of, of my involvement with this church. I've had incredible times of refreshing as we've come together You know, most recently, as we had three days of prayer and fasting, I'm sure many of us can agree, you know, touching heaven as we come to pray and fast and worship together, you know, we have those moments, don't we? And I want to share a snippet from my WhatsApp group uh, that I lead, a life group as part of the online campus. This is what a few people had to say in my group um, after touching heaven. They said, one person says this, he says, "Um, uh, what an amazing evening, praise God. He's not restricted by geographic distance. What a pleasure and a privilege to join with all of our Kingsgate Church family in praise, worship, and prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful blessing of this church. Somebody else put amen exactly. Personally, it felt like a straitjacket dropping off. Somebody else writes so wonderful tonight, how blessed we are with an anointed worship team. Isn't it amazing? that As we come together, we experience God's presence Amongst us. It's amazing. But you know, I know God has more in store for us. And I believe that yes, the last 10 years have been great, but the next 10 years are going to be even better as we come together and as we experience great times of refreshing, times of encounter with God, and experience His power at work in and through our lives. Because God has a calling on us as a church family. To live up to this calling, to be the temple of God, to create a space where God loves to come and dwell amongst his people. So the question is, how then can we live as the temple of God? Paul talks about us being built together as a temple. In other words, he's saying it's a process that we go on. There are things that we can do to live up to this calling, to live lives worthy of this calling. And in doing so, he says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Now, of course, our salvation in Christ is secured. It's sealed by the Holy Spirit. But there are things, however, that we can do that attract the presence of God or repel the presence of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to do things that attract his presence. Of course, we don't come, as in the Old Testament, with blood sacrifices Uh, Or things like that. But there are things that we can do that bring pleasure to God. We don't try and persuade Him or placate Him in any way, but we can please our Heavenly Father. Isn't it amazing? There are things that we can do that attract His presence, welcome His presence, and He comes and draws near. There are things that we can do to live up to this calling. Decade defining decisions, you might say. One of them is this through our commitment through our commitment. Inherent of the image of a temple is the assumption of teamwork, cooperation, and unity. Yes, of course, you know, we are to forgive each other, we are to love one another. What I love about the temple imagery is it speaks of so much more than just kind of getting along with each other. Uh, Peter, one of Jesus' closest companions, writes it this way, he says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. See, if you're a stone in a building, your very existence and purpose is to be, you know, cemented together with other stones, isn't it? You know, you are to be drawn closely together with others so that you become a building in which God can come and dwell. There's a, the image here is about deep kind of connection and commitment. And so let me put it this way. If we want to experience God's dwelling presence with us, we need to be committed to dwelling with each other. So through our commitment, we can welcome the presence of God. You know, I remember a few weeks after first joining Kingsgate, um, it had snowed. And, um, uh, you know, it kind of brought everything to a halt as it does in this country. I think we only had about that much snow. But, you know, it kind of just stops everything, doesn't it? And I remember thinking, oh, no, I can't actually uh, get to the uh, Sunday service because it was quite, you know, um, snowy. And, um, but I thought, you know what, such was my enjoyment of being involved in the church family I thought I'm going to get on my bike and kind of try and go, make my way across Cambridge anyway. Um, Now, at this point, I probably need to mention that I was riding a racing bike at the time. And um, if you've ever tried to ride a racing bike with tires that thin um, in snow, it's not a good idea. (laughs) So I kind of slipped and slided my way there. I think I fell off my bike like three times. Uh, At one point, um, there were people walking quicker than me, like overtaking me. But I eventually kind of. Got my way uh, to church. I had snow and ice all up my back as well, because I didn't have one of those cars on the back. Anyway, I got there, and there weren't that many people there, and, and even though I was kind of like cold and damp and had to sit through the service with ice dripping down my back, um, I remember it being one of the most memorable Sundays of my time in Cambridge, because we encountered the presence of God, and I went away really refreshed and really encouraged and just full of faith. You know, I'm sure many of us can think of times where you know, it's really been a sacrifice to get to life group or you know, even online or in person to get to a meeting, uh, to get to Sunday. You, know, you might be tired or weary, but you've gone anyway. You've made the commitment. And afterwards, you kind of feel really full of life. You feel full of energy. You feel full of faith that like you can take on the world. And the reason why is because through your commitment to dwell with others, <laughs> you have experienced the dwelling presence of God in your midst, and you've gone away changed. So can I encourage you, this picture here of being joined together, as Paul says, built together, like like living stones, as Peter says, this is about being committed to come together, not to be laid back, not to be laid so fair about your involvement with church, but to commit, make it a priority. And as you do, you know, you've got every reason to do so, because as you do, We encounter the dwelling presence of God. We attract his presence and he draws near. So firstly, through our commitment, we can live up to this calling. Secondly, through our generosity. You know, to be the temple involves being generous and not withholding. Our generosity is pleasing to God. You know, I love how Paul describes a generous gift the church in Philippi sent him. He writes to them and says, he describes it as this way, a fragrant offering a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. You know, just as Old Testament offerings, you know, Paul again is pointing back to the Old Testament, just as in the temple, Old Testament offerings would, you know, bring satisfaction and pleasure to God. Paul now is saying, you know, that our generosity under the new covenant can bring joy and pleasure to our God. Yes, we don't live under the old sacrificial kind of system, thank God for that, but actually there are things that we can do but welcome his presence through our generosity. It's like a a sweet aroma to our God. It's an amazing picture. And another Old Testament promise that paints uh, this wonderful picture is a famous verse in Malachi 3.10, where God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. That's the temple. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. What an amazing scripture that is. God loves it when we trust Him. God loves it when we trust Him. And there's no better area to show our trust in Him than the whole area of our finances. And so that's why we as a church, we come and we bring the whole tithe, not just some, the whole tithe, that's 10% of our income, into the storehouse, into the temple with pleasure. We want to do that. We want to give the first and the best to our God. We want to give our offerings into the storehouse. and We don't want to hold back at all. So I want to encourage you, wherever you're at in this whole area, You know, if you've not started out on the journey, or if you've been on the journey for many years, we've got a fantastic opportunity at our giving day on the 13th of March to trust God in this whole area as we bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse into the temple, so that the work of the temple would flourish, so there would be food in his house, so that, so that the ministry would flourish, so that not only our lives would be transformed, that God would provide for us, but actually the in us and through us, many lives around us, would be touched and changed and transformed by the power of God's love. God loves it when we are generous. So he draws near and he moves in a new way in and through us. You know, again, over the last 10 years, I can think of many times where I personally have seen financial breakthrough as a result of of testing and trusting God in this area. And one such incidence was in 2019, uh, when I was asking God for a particular word for the following year. And uh, 2020, of course, was the following year. And I remember God saying, 2020 is going to be a year of plenty, specifically to do with finances. Specifically for me personally, for me and Chrissy, uh, for us as a church, and also for Open Hands. I sensed it was this, partner, this charity that we partner with in Leicester, a Christian charity, it's a, it does amazing work. I sensed it was for them as well, and I remember sharing it with their board of trustees at the time. Uh, then, of course, a few weeks later, COVID hit. Out of nowhere, we're in lockdown, and there's so much uncertainty, and I remember thinking, Oh, gosh, I've actually heard from God on this one. (laughs) And uh, I remember, though, God reminded me of this promise and saying, No, no, have faith for this, be in faith for this. Don't look at the world around you, don't worry about that. Have faith and trust in me. So we continue to give, we continue to commit to to living lives of generosity. And I can look back and I'll honestly say it really was a year of plenty. Open Hands not only managed to survive, you think of the impact on charities and and so forth. They not only survived, they actually thrived. They expanded their work. They moved into a new uh, venue, raising over £300,000 in the process. Uh, They're now doing incredible work in the city centre in a brand new location. Uh, For us as a church as well, the Leicester campus, the giving increased that year by 45%. And uh, for us personally as well, we were able to continue giving. It was very uncertain with Chrissy on maternity leave, but we continued to give. We actually increased our margin of giving. And since that time, we've been able to keep on increasing our margin of giving. I think that deserves a round of applause for how God is faithful in this whole area. Because we can trust him in this area. I love how Paul puts it. He says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Quite a sobering statement there. But this is true. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must decide in his heart what he wants to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. He loves it. And so let's believe that in this giving season, as we joyfully come, cheerfully come before the Lord and bring the whole tithe and our offerings into the storehouse, that it's going to be a sweet aroma to our God. And he's going to move in power in a new way. We're going to encounter his presence in a new way, in us and through us. And we're going to see God move in power in our church, in our cities, in our nation, dare we believe the nations as well, as he transforms lives through our generosity. So through our generosity, we can live up to this calling To be the temple. And finally, I want to finish on this through our worship as well. Through our worship, we can live lives worthy of the call to be the temple of God. Paul encourages us to be filled with the Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, Uh, Worship isn't just about singing. Uh, We are called to live a lifestyle of worship throughout the week. But there is, again, something special that happens when we come together and we lift up our hands and we worship our God. He draws near to us. I love how the psalmist writes in Psalm 22, But you are holy, O you who dwell in the most holy place, where the praises of Israel are offered. We are the most holy place. As we come and as we lift up our hands and our voices to our God, he comes to dwell and inhabit our praises. Isn't that amazing? It's so good. It's so important. It's so powerful. And so again, can I encourage us? Let's not hold back. You know, sometimes we can maybe go through the motions when we come together and we sing and we're quite familiar with it. But come on, let's be expectant. As we come together... As we raise our hands, as we raise our voices, God comes to inhabit our praises and he draws near to us. And we encounter him in ways in which we've never encountered him before. It's so important. I love it. uh, this passage in 2 Chronicles um, where Solomon, he's overseen the construction of the temple in Jerusalem. And after it's finished, this is what happens. The trumpeters and singers joined together to praise and thank the Lord with one voice. Let's come together with one voice. They raised their voices, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and musical instruments, in praise to the Lord. And the Lord's temple was filled with a cloud. And because of the cloud, the priests were not able to continue ministering. For the glory of the Lord filled God's temple. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if that's, if that's how they could worship in the Old Testament... <laughs> Just think about how we might be able to worship and encounter God's presence as his Holy Spirit is in us and with us as we gather together, and he inhabits our praises. So we are, astonishingly, we are the temple of God. So let's live lives worthy of that amazing calling to be the temple of God through our commitment, through our generosity, and through our worship as well. You know, wherever you're watching this from, and here in the room as well, I just think it's a great moment for us to worship together right now. So if you're able to, would you stand with me? And at home as well, wherever you're watching this from, let's stand together if you're able to. We're going to sing and be expectant that God is going to draw near to us again, right here, right now. You see, for some of you, maybe watching this for the first time, you're watching a, 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 a service, or you're here for the first time in church, or you never really experienced or encountered God's presence before. Well, I want to encourage you as we come to, to sing this together right now. Why don't you use this song as, as a way of inviting God into your life, inviting Jesus into your life, uh, saying, you know, God, I'm, I'm sorry for going my own way. But today, Lord, would you draw near to me? Would you come into my life? Would you fill me with your presence? Sing your way to Jesus today. <laughs> All of us, let's sing our way to Jesus today because he will draw near to us by his spirit. And I believe for us as a whole church family as well, you know, let's also use this song uh, to, to make, if you like, a fresh declaration to say, Yes, Lord, we as the people of God, we are going to live up to this calling to be the temple. I believe that right here, right now, God is gonna do something very powerful, very significant for wherever you're at, as we make these decisions to say, yes, we're gonna step up, Lord. Yes, we are gonna live lives worthy of the call. And let's believe that they're gonna be decade-defining moments that are gonna shape the next decade of our lives and beyond as a result. So let's all lift up our hands if we're able to right now. Let's lift up our hands as a way of welcoming God's presence. We're going to worship, but let me just pray for you before we do. Father God, I thank you that you are here right now with us by your Spirit. I thank you that the calling on our lives is that we are the temple of God. (laughs) What an amazing privilege. What an honour that is to be the temple. And Lord, we thank you that you draw near to us. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done through your sacrifice. You've made this possible and you are here right now by your spirit and we can approach you, God, with confidence and with boldness. We thank you, Jesus. We lift up our hands to you, Jesus, right now. And we say, Lord, we just wanna praise you and worship you. We wanna be a people who honour your presence, who give you glory, Lord. We want to be a people who live lives worthy of the calling to be the temple of God through our commitment, through our generosity, and through our worship. So we're going to lift up the name of Jesus right now. Come on, church, let's lift up our hands and our voices. We sing to the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voices to him now. He inhabits our praises. Lord, we thank you. You love to dwell with us. So Lord Jesus, come and inhabit the praises of your people right now as we sing together. Let's sing, church.